song you sung Sunday, Ruby? Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass, she said. <laughs>
the video that they watch uh, at school. Don't really know what it has to apply to anything. Anyhow, this guy asked somebody to sing, and he says, well, what are you doing? Why are you here to sing? And that's what the what is, but then he gives them a reason why and says something along the lines of his uncle just got out of prison and <coughs> such and such, and then there was some power behind it. So tonight, why are you here to sing? Why are you singing? Why are you singing? Amen. Why? Why? Why are you singing? Why? Why are you singing? Why do you want to sing? So when we sing, and remember why we're singing. Amen. We're not just here to sing. Everybody can get up here and sing, but if you sing knowing why you're singing, sing with some power behind it, something to smile about, the Lord didn't steal my cap. Lord saved me from going to hell. I got a reason to sing. I got a reason to be excited. Y'all think that I can just sing sometimes and I'm excited about it, but it's not just because the Lord gave me a talent to sing. It's because I know why I'm singing. I got something to sing for. Amen. Amen. Out here, I'm saying <laughs>
he went to the cross, at the very minimum, he could have called 36,000 angels to come down and take him off the cross. But he's seen Brett. He's seen TJ. He's seen old Bill laying in a ditch up on the side of the mountain and know he'd never get out if he didn't go on to the cross. <laughs> Amen. If there's ever been a time we need to be smiling this today that we live in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm a smart addict, I guess. And I'd, I'd tell you all what all the doctor told me, but I don't know. Todd and Janet went in there to try to keep me straight. And the PA asked them, said, for them to keep me straight. <laughs> I've got to do some kind of, I've beat chemo, I think. Praise the Lord for a while. But I've got to do iodine. I reckon they're going to put iodine on my sword. And then I've got to go to another specialist to try to get my thyroid level out. I said it's low, and it ought to be low. They took it out. Uh, so I, I, I really don't know. On a dead note, the first time they found my tumor, they said three centimeters. And Todd and Janet heard it. And I asked him again, and the doctor said, that that thing was four centimeters. It was almost two inches that they took out. And they, they said five lymph nodes and all of my left. So I'm doing good. I just, I ain't got no strength. I can lift a fort, but I give out. I have to take a break eating. Amen. I just ain't got no strength. Just keep praying for us. I talked to Henry. I not texted him, but I talked to him today. And. And he said, I think today was his third, I know it was his second, maybe the third chemo treatment. And he'd had several radiation. He said he's doing pretty good. Wheaton didn't have uh, much of an appetite, but he said they did go out to eat last night. Things going pretty good for him, so pray for him. He's got a long, long road. Pray for him and Murray. And uh, she already mentioned her there that, Flipped her car yesterday. Just pray that it'll get some mom's attention. God inspired her. God took care of it. And if you drove 20 miles today, you're a miracle you got here. Amen. Somebody didn't run over you. And I praise the Lord for it. God's been good to me. I want to read about five or six verses in James. James chapter 1. found out part of it. I don't understand it all, but I 
I found out for sure when they take parts out, other parts don't work like they used to. And, uh, I've seen a change in my altitude. <laughs> Amen. God touch it. God touch. My fuse is shorter than it used to be. I, I get aggravated. Right here's a miracle, and James, God knew to start with, and he spoke to James, and James wrote it down for us, and he knew that we was going to need it. And he said, James, first verse of the first chapter of James, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, said greetings you know they didn't have cell phones and I thought about this by being in some foreign countries uh, especially Cuba touched my heart how they could have a place set up and ready for a house church and preaching that was 40 miles down the road and they didn't have no contacts like we got they didn't have grocery stores it's amazing but I thought about James, and he said, he's speaking to the 12 tribes that were scattered abroad. Well, they couldn't pick up the phone or send a text message or many other things. You know, when I grew up, we didn't have a phone. We didn't have a phone in the house. Amen. I come back from Canada in 1959, the first phone that we had. Mom and got a phone. But I thought James had great, great faith. He wrote this scripture down because God laid it on his heart and he sent it to the 12 tribes that were scattered out. And I thought about me and TJ and Justin, amen, sometimes we, we have doubt that it's going to get out. If God could reach the 12 tribes of Israel, <coughs> he can reach the lost sheep of Logap. God can get the word out. And the word plainly told us that it won't return void. So it'll go out and do that that it was sent to do. Oh, ye of little faith. I need to <coughs> trust the Lord greater. He saved me because he loved me. <laughs> Amen. He made me in his image because he loved me. He died on the cross because he loved me. And he said, my brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. He reached out to these 12 tribes that were scattered abroad. Amen. It didn't have connection like you and I got. But he said, count it all joy when you fall into divers or different temptations. Do we count it joy when we fall into temptation? I'm going to speak for Brother Bill. I know him pretty well it's hard to be down it's hard to have troubles it's hard when temptations and when things comes against the flesh but by grace through faith are you saved it's not of yourself it's the gift of God it's not of works lest I would boast about it it's the gift of God and his hand his hand is on us Praise God. We don't need to forget that. 
knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Has anybody here got an extra pocket full of patience? Ain't we all short on patience? About the time, boy, I think I'm handling it good. Ooh, I go off. I mean, it gets all messed up. Things aggravate me. We, we had some blood work difficulty this week, and depending on, depending on it, that's my health. They take blood, they charge you, and don't even send it to the hospital. I'm going to tell you that'll stir your blood. But I'll look them in the eye and told them, my blood stirred. I said, I ain't happy with you. I just ain't happy with you at all. Amen. I said, this two weeks and they draw blood again because y'all ain't sent blood. Trying to save me another trip to Winston. That don't make y'all mad, but if it's your blood saving you a trip to Winston, amen, it might stir your blood too. I done it in love. I did. I said, you told me. I was one of your favorites. What's wrong? Somebody lied to me. Yeah, somebody lied to me. Todd Herman didn't have thought. Amen. Knowing this, let me tell you something else. Jesus is sitting up on the right hand of God. And I bet he's thinking, these people lied to me. Why ain't they in their seat? I think maybe it's Sunday evening, I never watched football. Larry Johnson might could tell me. But I did say it was a Buffalo Bill, so they were in Buffalo, New York. And there was hundreds of people wrapped in blankets, sitting in snow, watching football. And I thought, this has got to be good. I'm going to watch a little bit of it. And they said, what they say? He said, Ten and one, I said, I don't even know what that means. And he said, 20 and one. I said, well, it's time. It's time that I get off. And I never seen a football player quit because it's snowing. And they just slide in the snow. And I've watched Mount Vernon Christians. I quit watching them because I didn't know what they was going to do, ten and one. I didn't, I didn't know. One from ten is nine, ain't it? But I didn't know what this was going to do. And I look at the pews that's empty. But we can sit. The world can sit in a snowball and watch a football game. You tell me our minds ain't messed up. And I maybe I shouldn't say anything about this, but the Chinese New Year, I have no connection with China if they don't want Jesus. So I ain't going to stop and celebrate Chinese New Year. I done had one. That's enough for me. I couldn't even stay awake for it. But then we get so upset about it till a 72-year-old man goes in and kills what? 11, 12. I saw a door in Winston-Salem today where an eight-year-old was shot through a door. What was it a week or two ago? A 12-year-old shot through a door. California, I heard today, has got the strictest gun laws, but they've had 100 and 
76 maybe gunshots this year. So taking our guns ain't going to fix it. We need to come back to God. Hey, California needs to get out of sin. They're going to drop off in the ocean. I thought, what'd they say, a hundred and so many tornadoes? Oh, but it won't come to low gap because the mountains protect us. These mountains are God's. He's had his hand on us. Boy, we need to keep praising God. In our tribulation, we need to really praise God. I have no idea, and there's nobody sitting in America has any idea what Abraham went through. But he saw a city. He had a vision. And he gave in to Lot. He took the mountain. He carried his son to the chopping block. And God provided a sacrifice. I have no idea, no idea what Abraham went through living in tents with goats and sheep. I get sick smelling a goat. Yeah. But Abraham lived with them. Yeah. And he set a path for you and I. Our short message is right here. I didn't know all that was coming. But if any of you lack wisdom, fifth verse, Let's go to four. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Or he don't, upbraid, he don't scold you for wanting wisdom from God. Amen. He just gives us wisdom liberally, and he don't quarrel about it. He don't charge us nothing for it, and he don't come against us. All we got to do is ask, and it shall be given him. Why am I so dumb? Because I've not asked God for enough wisdom. I've not asked him for enough answers, for strength to take me through. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Neighbor, today, I'm going to tell you, our faith is pitiful. He said plainly, if our faith was as big as a grain of mustard seed, we could remove mountains. Neighbor, can I tell you today, my faith must be pretty weak. I thought about why, why is there so much devil possession in our land today? Why? It's because we church people, we church people don't have the faith to cast out demons. The Bible said it don't come from eating. It comes by prayer and fasting. And the disciples went crying, why didn't we not do this? Why couldn't we do it? Jesus plainly told them it comes through prayer and fasting. Demons are in our children today. Amen. Y'all can have it or let it go. I've watched it in the eyes of mine. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I ain't dumb. I ain't that dumb. I know it's demons when we open a door for Satan. And it's more today than I've ever seen.
more today than I've ever seen. When voices, voices speak, I, I may have mentioned it, I don't know, but last week I, I sat in the car at Walmart and watched a guy with a backpack, clean clothes, talking into the sky, talking into the wall, a fully conversation to nobody. Our nation's messed up, honey. Can I tell you, our nation is messed up. Amen. We've told our kids anything's all right. We've preached to our kids if you're safe, you can do what you want to and you're going to go to heaven because you're safe. A bunch of idiots thinks that I believe in being safe multiple times. You get saved one time. Bless God, you better walk right from there on out because he said we could get the wisdom from God, the wisdom from God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But him, let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. You know, we're tossed about. I, I've watched it. All the years I've been saved, 54 years, and a revival will break out here, and we run up there, and 50 get saved, 40 get saved, and we're going to set the world on fire. The next thing you go back, I remember a preacher called me. I remember <laughs> he called me right here in our community, and he said he wanted to use the baptizing hole. I said, that's great. He said, we've had 90 saved. I said, are you still at that same church? Amen. He ended up selling the church. I said, they wasn't room for 90 people in that church. Last time I was in there, I said, where are they all at? Where are they all at? I'm going to tell you, we're messed up. We're bringing a false doctrine. Ended up, the church busted. They wasn't 90 altogether. Much less than 90 had got saved. Everybody says, Lord, Lord, ain't going to heaven. The Bible said, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. I've made a profession of faith. I've made a hope in Christ Jesus. But the day that I'm truly saved is when I step into glory. Amen. And the hand of Satan can't touch me no more. Amen. That might be primitive Baptist doctrine, but it's a truth, neighbor. Glory to God. We think we've got it made, and we can handle the things of this world, and it's eating us up. We've lost the joy of our salvation. Church, I ain't got no throat. I'm sorry. Let me read two more verses, and I'll quit. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You are this crowd today and that crowd tomorrow. Amen. I'm going to tell you, when they roll you on that old table and they give you that la-la medicine, and you know shortly you're going out, but you're in the hands of God. Can I tell you something? When you roll behind the wheel of that car, or I've even thought when you lay down at bed at night, your house could burn. Lightning could strike it. Receptacle short out. We better be prepared to meet God. 
What if a gunman tonight come in the door and begin to shoot? Are you ready to meet God? You can say, this ain't going to happen to me. Do you know that? The Bible said, don't let the sun go down on our wrath. Don't let the sun go down on our wrath. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. When we think that we have got big enough to change the Word of God and the power of God and to fix it to suit our mortal bodies, we are unstable. And God said he won't bless, I just have read it. God won't take care of us. Oh, what he's done for America. I love you. I've got to shut up. Anybody got a prayer request? Who? Amen. Amen. Pray for Chris. the kids we need to praise the Lord we need to praise the Lord bless him Lord yeah. amen 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 bless you Bill They can put you out in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Church, I love you. Appreciate you from the depths of my heart. It's unreal how just right on time, just right on time. Amen. Bless your heart, honey. Bless your heart, honey.
this song to use this evening. Uh, a church in Elkin, Elkin Valley Church, been frauded for seven hundred and some thousand dollars, almost eight hundred thousand dollars. Mm. There's no fear of God, is it? No fear of God. Oh Lord. Our church ought to be full tonight. Where'd they go? Yes, sir. Amen. Pray for them. Still in a wheelchair. Which thinks I'm hard headed, but he can't realize he's 66 years old and he can't go 24 hours either. You'll knock out. You, uh, he about killed me the last time I went to Alabama with him. 24 hours. I took my name off the book. Amen. 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 heard tonight I'm not talking about just Mount Vernon Church but but our nation how many 
I said, I'm a Christian, and I can't go because. Or I would if things was different. Or they ain't treated me right. I wonder how many lives. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. PJ preached Sunday. We need each other. And definitely we need each other. I preached it 54 years. We need each other. We need church. I say it's on the way home. Surely Scott's mama. Put her in the facility for a little while. supposed to be with us the 31st of May and the 1st and 2nd of June. Jot that down in your book. 7 o'clock revival. God has really used that man uh, through several states. Brought him back from the death table. Thought he'd never make it. Give me all the clear. He's going out the country for 10 days. Amen. Uh, we pray for him and uh, my mom waiting on him. Amen. Amen. We'll take him to the airport. Yeah. Papa Bill's getting feeble too, ain't he? Amen. Amen. All the cannons come around the altar praying. Places, take the prices, and again I'll say, pray for Justin. I thank God for sending these preachers here to help us out and take care of us.
we'll start in Ezekiel 2. We'll start in verse 1. It says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are impudent children, and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, and they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be, though they be a rebellious house. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee, be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth, and eat that I give thee. And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. Uh, in case you can't tell, my title is, We're a Rebellious House. Um, Everything that God tells us to do, we'll buck up against. The preacher will come in here and give us a message straight from God. And it's no sooner it comes out of his mouth, we'll buck up against it. We'll come up with some excuse. We'll self-justify. We'll think, well, he ain't talking to us. Well, what we're doing is okay. Well, well God knows my heart. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. My favorite church quote is, God knows my heart. He sure does. You better be careful. That, that ain't an excuse. God knows my heart. He sure does. Don't use that as a crutch. You better be careful. I'll read that here in just a minute. I heard a thing going around. I don't even remember who said it or, or who told me. There's a, there's been a thing going around. Just we'll, we'll throw it all out there. It says, if you don't follow Mount Vernon's rules, then you feel like an outcast. That comes out of our church. I've, I, don't, I can't even remember who told me, but they said, if you don't follow Mount Vernon's rules, then it feels like you're an outcast. And I thought, well, darn. That's kind of silly. Because I don't think Bill wrote this book. Last time I checked, Bill Sperling didn't write this book. Last time I checked, Larry Johnson didn't write the New Testament, and Bill didn't write the Old Testament. These ain't Mount Vernon's rules. These is God's rules. But see, we're too busy being rebellious. We're too busy being a rebellious house and a rebellious nation that we'll buck up against the preacher or every man that tries to tell us the right way to go, and we'll buck up against it and rebel and think, well, God knows my heart. Well, it ain't that important. Well, we're about to see what God does to a rebellious nation. Well, he does to rebellious people that won't listen to him. When he's tried over and over and over again to tell them, to warn them. Look at the children of Israel. I was on it. TJ was on it. We was all on it Sunday. We were on it Wednesday. Been, a, been, a, been the theme here lately. The children of Israel never did get into Canaan because they rebelled against God. Because God had given them everything they could ever want. But then that turned out to be a little bit hard, so then they rebelled against God. And then they're going to have to do some things. They're going to have to lay down some things. And we're going to have to do some things and lay down some things that we don't want to do that comes against the flesh. But if we want the power of God, I've learned lately 
that if I want the power, it ain't just because I'm a preacher. Okay? Th things have changed in my mind, but it's changed for me that it ain't just because I'm a preacher, but it's because I'm a Christian. Things ain't just different because I'm a preacher. God's revealed it to me. Things ain't just different in my mind because I'm a preacher now. It's different because I'm a Christian, and I want to be a Christian. I've heard people this week fussing about people out of this church being hypocrites, and they're a lost man. Lost man fussing about people out of this church being hypocrites, and that's what he sees. Now, that's what he thinks of Christians. That's what he thinks about Mount Vernon Church because we claim to be Christians. We claim to be people that we're not, and then we get out in the real world, and we're nothing but rebels fighting everything that God's got for us, fighting everything the church does, pretend when we're in here that when we get out there, live how we really want to live, and that's what everybody sees. That's what everybody looks at when they see Mount Vernon Church, a rebellious house where they think, well, pff, I'm better than they are. He said, me, me and the big man's like, this is the exact words, me and the big man's like, yes, we've had a few talks. No good and well, he's lost. But now he's seen, seen people out of this church act a fool and claim to be a Christian. He thinks, well, what's the difference? What's the point? What's the use? Because we're a rebellious house. Preacher will preach about vacation. Next week we'll be gone on vacation. He'll preach about missing church for ball, and then we'll be out for ball. Whatever he preaches on, you can bet on it the next month. Somebody will be out for that exact reason. Somebody's got an excuse tonight when they should have been here. But they're in a rebellious house. They'd rather be doing what they want to do. This ain't important enough to them. Hey, the fact that he saved me, the fact that he's still good, the fact that he's all that matters don't matter anymore. It ain't important enough. Our social status and what we want to do is what's important because we're a rebellious house. God ain't going to deal with us much longer. He ain't going to put up with it much longer. How much longer is it going to be till we have to dwell in the wilderness for 40 years because we don't listen to what God has to say? How much longer is it going to be till he kicks us out and won't let us see the promised land? We ain't got a spirit in Mount Vernon Church because he's put up with it for so long, he's finally just done with us. We have slacked up so much as a church, this, is, this has become the new normal. It's just the new, being a rebellious house is just the new normal. We think Bill's so hard. We think, all oh, Mount Vernon's just so hard. You got to live right. Well, nah, duh, because that's Bible. It ain't Mount Vernon rules. It's Bible. It ain't the fact that Bill wants to come in here and beat us all down. Bill don't want us to die and go to hell. I don't want you to die and go to hell. Y'all might not like what I got to preach, but right there it says, here you go. Y'all like this. Though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks. Y'all can look at me however you want to look at me. I don't care. The Lord has told me what to tell you, and if you want to rebel against it, that's on you. The Lord has told me what to preach to you. If you don't like it, you can look at me however you want to look at me. I don't want you to die and go to hell. I don't want your blood on my hands because I was too afraid to tell you the truth. Bill has been a, a Moses and Ezekiel in our life the whole time we've been at Mount Vernon Church. He's preached it and preached it and preached it and we've rebelled and rebelled and rebelled and we've gotten farther and farther away and we wonder why the world's in shambles. Wonder why our life won't go any better. Wonder why things is falling apart. Because we're a rebellious nation. We won't do what God wants us to do. It ain't Bill's rules. He ain't just coming up here and telling us what he wants us to do. He's giving us a message straight from God. And we'll rebel every tooth and nail against everything that happens. Everything that's good in the church, everything that happens, we've got something to complain about. Hey, the, the children of Israel had manna, had water. It might not have been everything that they wanted, but they was taken care of the whole way across the desert, all the way up to Canaan land, and they murmured and complained. They thought, well, we was better off in Egypt. We was better off in bondage. That's how we are. We'll get going for a little while for God, and we'll think, well, we was better off in sin. Things wasn't as hard as they used to be. Things was just going easier for us. Yeah, because the devil was leaving you alone. When you was in sin, you was already his. He didn't care what you did. He didn't care whether you come to church or not. He, the reason that church is so important, this is where we get our strength from. This is where we draw strength from each other. We need each other. We need the church. We need to come in here on Sundays and Wednesdays. Hey, 
TJ said it earlier, and I thought, man, talking about football, I'm, I'm a big football fan too. The Dallas Cowboys will let me down every cotton-picking year. Sean, I was expecting to hear you. They'll let me down every year. I'll get my hopes up, think they're going to do good, and then they'll let me down every year. The Lord ain't never let me down, not a single time. Hey, I'll get my hopes up in here on Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm going to go home, and then it's still there. I still have that promise. It don't ever go away. He ain't never let me down. Every time he's promised something, it's been there. He ain't filled me with smoke, and then nothing was there. He promised the children of Israel Canaan land, and they got there, and then they turned their back on it. They made a choice. He didn't choose for them. They made their choice. See, we, we can live in Canaan now, but we're making a choice every day. Every day we make a choice whether we want to live in Canaan or serve the devil. You're like, oh, that ain't true. That's exactly true. Because what I told you is it ain't just because I'm a preacher now, but things is different. If I want to be a Christian, every day I've got to choose if I'm going to read my Bible, if I'm going to do what God wants me to do, if I'm going to do the things that's laid out there that he's put out there for me, if I'm going to do those, I can choose to be a Christian every single day, or I can do what I want to do. I cannot read my Bible. I cannot pray. I cannot testify. I cannot witness. It's my choice. But then, and it ain't getting saved over and over and over again. That's foolishness. But you can walk away from God. You can walk away from your salvation. You can walk away from your Canaan land from your choices, from the things that you choose to do, the things that you make more important than God. God said he ain't going to be second. He ain't going to be third. He ain't going to be fourth. We think we can piddle in the world and do whatever we want to do, and God's still going to be there. That ain't so. That ain't so. We can go do whatever we want to do, but don't expect God to be there when you call for him. Don't expect him to be there when you need something. We treat, we treat the Lord so sorry, it ain't no wonder he won't deal with us no more. We treat him like something. We treat him like, I don't even know. <laughs> it's, it's pitiful. It's pathetic, and me included. When I need something, when I got to preach, oh, yeah, you best believe I'll be, I'll be reading, I'll be praying. But then out of sight, out of mind. If I ain't got to preach, if I ain't got to do something, then I slack off a little bit. Slack off a little bit, and then I might finally catch myself, or Bill will call Shania, and then I, then I got to call Bill, and then, or something will happen, or somebody will call me and say, will you preach? And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, here. And it ain't just because I'm a preacher no more. It, that ain't why. I've realized I've slacked up on being a Christian. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a preacher. Nothing to do with the fact that I'm a preacher. It's, it's the fact that I'm a Christian. If I want to be a Christian in front of the world, if I want to let my light shine, if I want to show people there's a difference, if I want to show my boss, man, there's a difference between a hypocrite in the church and a real Christian, then I've got to live it every day. I can't let up. I can't slack off. In Deuteronomy, I was going to read it, but I left it alone, but in Deuteronomy, they used to stone their children if they didn't act right. If they couldn't get a hold of them, they'd take them out to the town square, take them out to the elders, and they'd all, they'd all make a decision, and they'd stone them to death. We don't even spank our children. You think we ain't slacked off? Take a look around. Go to Walmart, listen to some of them kids. Go. And, it ain't, and mine too. I don't spank them near enough. But we slacked off so much and think the Lord's just going to keep on blessing. Think the Lord's just going to keep on putting up with it. How long do you think he's going to put up with it? Because see, he sent his son to die. They didn't get to make a choice. He sent his son to die for our sins, for our transgressions. And we, you think he's going to keep putting up with us being a rebellious nation? We'll go to point two. That was a, that was a lot. James 4. (coughs) 
We'll start at verse 1. It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We're a bunch of double-minded Christians. We think we can piddle in the world and then come in here on Sundays and put on a happy face. Piddle in the world and come in here on Wednesdays, not so much with a happy face, but coming here on Wednesdays and trying to act like we're Christians, and we've been piddling in the world the whole week and trying to come in here and act like we're something we're not. We ain't nothing but double-minded. We're a double-minded, rebellious house. God ain't going to keep putting up with this junk. He ain't going to keep letting us go on any old way and us think we're getting by. We're not getting by. We're, going, we're setting this thing up to set ourselves straight to hell. We're sitting in the truck, and I use my teeth to open up a Chick-fil-A packet. And Shania fussed at me. She said, I've told the kids not to do that. Don't open up with your teeth. I said, well, I'm not the kids. I mean, I can open something with my teeth. And she said, but you're setting an example. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. If they, see, if they see Daddy do something, then that's exactly what they're going to do. They think, well, if Daddy can do it, and that's all right, I can do it. So the church, the church can go out and piddle and do what they want to do. A lost man see that, and they think, well, if they're a Christian, I can probably get away with that too. If they claim to be saved, then I can probably do that too. We're setting an example. We're being a bunch of double-minded. See, up here in verse 3, it says, You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. All we're worried about is what we can gain. All we're worried about is what we can get. We don't care about the lost people. We don't care about people that need to be saved. All we care about is, well, if we'll pray and ask for a new house, we can get it. If we'll pray and ask for a new car, then we can get it. That ain't so. That ain't how this works. We need to be praying every day for people to get saved. Not worried about what we want, what we need. The Lord knows what we need. He's going, if we'll seek his face, I read it Wednesday, if we'll seek his face and his kingdom, he'll, he'll give us what we need. That ain't no problem. But we got to do his will and his work first. It ain't just something just, to, just that we can say. It's not a title we can put on and then just still do whatever we want to do. That ain't how this works. It ain't just, well, I'm saved or I've made a profession, but I can still do what I want to do. That's the exact opposite of how this works. The exact opposite. Go to Deuteronomy 8. I've only got seven places, so. Start verse 11. It says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth, Water out of the rock of Flint, who led thee in the, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, 
and that he might prove thee to do thee good at the latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. That's exactly where we're at today. We've got nice houses. We've got nice cars. Everything's going fine. We've forgotten God. We've forgotten the one that brought us out of bondage, the one that saved us from sin, the one that gives us the ability to work, the one that's given us a job, the one that's given us a house, the one that's given us a car. We think, well, we've worked our whole life for this. We've worked hard. I've done good. You ain't done nothing. The Lord is the one that's give you ability to do all these things. The Lord is the one that's give you ability to breathe. Hey, you wasn't born with Down syndrome. You wasn't born with carpal tunnel. You wasn't born with all these other diseases that made you where you couldn't walk or couldn't work or couldn't do things. I don't see anybody in here. John, he's an exception. He had a stroke, but he wasn't born that way. Lord had to humble you, didn't he, John? How far is it going to take? How far are we going to go before we end up worse than John? For things, things happen worse because we won't serve God. We want to do what we want to do and think we've done something good because everything that we've got, when the Lord is the one that's given it to us to begin with. He's given us everything we've got. Don't think you've done something good. Don't think that you've, done, you've worked for this. You ain't done nothing. The Lord has given you opportunity. He's given you the ability to work and provide for your family and to have this, have this house, have this herd, everything that you've had multiplied. It's come from the Lord. It ain't come from you. Don't forget God. We get all these things and our heart gets exalted and we get exalted because we've got all these things and think we've done something good, but we've forgotten God. We've let God, God ain't even in the back burner no more. He's in that little shelf or drawer under the oven. He ain't even on stuff no more. We forgot him. Out of sight, out of mind. We think we've done stuff good. We think we're the ones that's worked. We think we're the ones that's built up these businesses. We're the ones that's done all these things, but it ain't nothing of us. It ain't nothing that we've done. The Lord has given us everything. Don't forget God. Don't forget what he's done for you. Every day that you have the ability to work and provide for your family or do something, then it's come from God. Everything we've got has come from God. He's the one that breathed life into you to begin with. Everything we've got has come from God. It ain't nothing that we've done. I don't want to get too exalted and too high-minded to think that I've done something because I'm nothing. I want nothing but a ball of dirt, and when I die, I ain't going to be nothing but a ball of dirt. All I want to do is make sure that my dash, my little in-between has been for God. My, me serving has been for God, not for me. It don't matter what I get. It don't matter what I have. I don't care if I die in a cardboard box as long as I'm right with God, as long as I've done what I could do, as long as, as long as my part has been fulfilled. I don't want to hear, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I don't want to hear that. My biggest fear is to get up there and I feel like I've tried, I feel like I've done everything I could do, and him say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I have a whole lot rather be, rather be an overachiever if that's even possible. I doubt it is, but I'd rather come to church every day. I'd rather be here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, go to revivals every weekend, try and do everything I could and maybe be an overachiever than get up there and think I've done okay and barely done anything, not done nothing for the Lord, come to church maybe twice a month, lay out whenever I want to, do whatever I want to do, then get up there and him say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I think, well, Lord, what are you talking about? There's going to be a whole lot of church people that's going to be real sad on the day of judgment. A whole lot of people that's had religion and not a true relationship because they thought they could do what they wanted to do. Didn't put God first. If he ain't first, then he ain't at all. And if it sounds like to me, if he ain't first, then he ain't going to be at all, then I doubt you're a Christian. I doubt he's going to put up with you. I doubt he's going to say, well, come on in. You know, you tried. You made a profession. I doubt it. He's going to say, depart from me. I don't want to hear that. If I can do anything, if I can do my part, don't be that. Don't be a rebellious nation. Don't rebel against God. Do what he's told you to do. Bill ain't here to hurt our feelings. I ain't here to hurt our feelings. TJ ain't here to hurt our feelings. I don't want to see people die and go to hell. 
I don't want to see my kids die and go to hell because I've set an example. Well, Daddy acted right on Sunday and Wednesday, but the rest of the week lived like hell itself. I don't want to set that example for my girls. I don't want somebody else in this church to set that example for my girls. Somebody else other than mom and daddy can be a hindrance to our kids. Hello. Somebody in this church can show our kids the wrong way. Somebody's looking up to you somewhere. Don't be a hindrance to my daughter. Be a, be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. Help them. Show them the right way. Me too to somebody else. It ain't just to y'all. We need to be stepping stones, people, not stumbling blocks. We don't want to be showing the world that we're hypocrites, showing the world that we're crazy and can do whatever we want to do and still claim to be a Christian. The world needs to see that we're different. They need to see that every time God tells us to do something, we're not going to rebel on God. We can't continue to rebel on God and ex expect Him to, to do things that we ask. Why is He going to save our lost loved ones if we won't even come to church, much less serve Him, much less testify to somebody? We have eight services a month. At the very least, 30 days, we'll just say 28 because we're almost February. 28 days a month, and we got eight days that we got church and we act like it's the worst thing ever we act like it's, it's just oh we're so pitiful on Sunday morning we're so pitiful on Wednesday night things is always so hard and I know the devil fights he's going to fight there's spiritual warfare part of, part of me realizing what's going on is when you try to serve God there is mental spiritual warfare every day every day he'll come at me with stuff that I didn't even think was a problem stuff that I thought I'd done God over and he'll bring it back up in my mind and say well you by yourself now See, I've been training a guy for work, and he'd been riding in my truck. Well, then the very next day, the very first day I was by myself again, here comes the old devil. And I thought, well, I've been trying to do right. What in the heck? The harder you try and serve God, the harder the devil's going to fight. He don't want you to live for God. He don't want you to be right with God because when you submit yourself to God, then you can resist him, and he ain't got no power over you. Duh. We're so dumb, me included. I'm so dumb think that I can just go and do whatever and then the Lord still be on, be on the inside and me be able to fight off the devil when I ain't done nothing for the Lord all week. When I ain't done nothing but rebel against God every time he's told me to do something. Every day we got a choice to serve or rebel. Which one are we going to do? First thing in the morning we make our choice. First thing in the morning I've got a choice where I'm going to sit there and read my Bible at the kitchen table or I'm going to sit there and scroll on my phone for 30 minutes before i got to leave. Then I got a choice if I can take my hour lunch during work and stop somewhere and read my Bible or just not even go take an hour lunch, just sit at a shop and do nothing. We've got choices that we've got to make if we want to be close to God, if we want to feel His presence, if we want to have power behind our prayers and see our lost loved ones saved. We've got to serve God. We can't just do what we want to do and expect the Lord to bless us, expect Him to save our lost family, expect Him to do things for us when we need Him. If He ain't first, He ain't going to be there. We can't put them on the back burner and expect to go every time we need something hollering. It's me again. Oh, it's me again. That ain't how it works. We've got to serve God if we want him to do anything for us. He still loves us. He's still going to bless us. But, man, if we want anything, if we want any power behind what we say we are, we've got to serve God. We've got to live right. We can't just go do whatever we want to do. Matthew 15. Start in verse 8. 
This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. There's a whole bunch of church people that draw nigh to God with their mouth. They try and they, they'll blow smoke, they'll say all kinds of things that make you think they're close to God. But their heart ain't nowhere near them. Their heart is far away from the Lord. They'll, they'll talk and talk a big game and act like they're Christians and act like they're something. But their heart is far from God. I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be fake. I want to say, when I say something, I want there to be power behind it. When I try and witness to my lost family, my lost co-workers, I don't want them to see, well, that's fake. A lost man can see fake long before we can. They can see right through it. They can see whether you're real or whether you ain't. Actions speak louder than words is basically what this scripture is saying. Actions speak louder than words. What you do, what's on the inside speaks louder than what you're saying. We can worship God and praise God and try and put on a show in church all we want to, but our actions and our heart proves what's in, on the inside. What we do for God proves what's on the inside. We'll jump to Joshua 24. It's just one verse. You ain't going to turn if you don't want to. But verse 15, it says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Y'all can make your choice. That's fine. You make your choice. But for, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to try our best. I'm sure there's days I don't feel like coming to church. There's days I don't feel like coming to church. Hey, Monday through Friday, I go to bed at 10, and it's a struggle for me to get up at 5.30. But now on Saturday, I can go to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm up by 9 o'clock, no problem. And then turn right around on Sunday morning, and I can go to bed at 10 o'clock, and I ain't got to get up till like 8.39. And, man, it's just such a struggle. I feel like, man, I can't ever get enough sleep. Things, I can't ever get enough sleep. I was just like, man, I'm so tired. What, what's going on? We have to make a choice each and every day if we're going to serve God or not. Each and every day, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If y'all see us slacking up, if y'all see us not doing things right, tell us. Let us know. I don't want to be a rebellious nation where I think I can start getting by with rebelling against God and letting little things slide here and there. And next thing you know, I'm going to bust hell wide open. Look at all the families. I know some sick, some can't be here tonight. Look at all the families that's gone. They used to be here. The ones that's left. The ones that's busted up. The families that ain't together no more. All the things that's happened just in a short five years in Mount Vernon. Go back and think about all of them. What do you think happened? Like, oh, well, they probably just was crazy to begin with. They didn't really have it. You missed one service. You think, well, I still all right on Sunday morning. Everything's still pretty good. The next thing you know, you missed two. The next thing you know, a few months down the road, you start saying little cuss words. Start doing things you know you're not supposed to do. The next thing you know, your family's busted up and nothing's going right for you. You back up and rebel on God, things ain't going to go well for you. Things ain't going to go the way you think they will. We think we can go back in bondage, go back. We think we're better off in bondage back in Egypt, and we think we can start going back and things being better than they was. That ain't true. God has protected us. He's guided us. He's given us everything we could ever ask for. Things ain't always going to be easy, but he always promised to be there to help. Life is still going to be life. Things are still going to come up. It ain't always just going to be peaches and cream. Things ain't always just going to be... Amazing because we're Christians. 
we serve God, it can be. Things will be a whole lot easier. We'll have faith to overcome. We'll trust in God. But we start rebelling on God, things ain't going to go well. Things ain't going to go the way you think they are. They ain't all going to be like it was before we got saved. And we think, well, we used to have so much fun with our friends. And things used to be so much fun. Go ahead. Back up on God. It ain't going to be nowhere near as fun as you thought it was. And then Satan will have his hook in you and you'll be trapped. You give him an inch, he'll take everything you've got. Especially as a child of God. You back up on God and rebel on God, he'll take everything you're worth. He'll take every absolute thing that he can from you. Because as soon as he's got you, he's going to run wild. He's going to take everything he can, break you down, make you feel miserable. Because he wants you to feel what he feels. The devil's got no hope. He's got no, no chance of ever making it to heaven. It's exactly why he wants to take you with him. Exactly why he wants you to think it's okay missing services. It's okay putting things before God. It's okay doing other things and serving God. Because as soon as he makes you think that, he's got you right where he wants you. He can put his hook in you and take you as far as he wants to take you. And then you'll turn around and think, man, how did I get here? How in the world did I get here? Go to Luke, six, or Luke 16. Start at verse 13. Here's where that God knows my heart quote comes from. It says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Y'all keep on saying God knows my heart. Y'all keep on y'all keep on missing church. Keep on doing what you want to do. See, the Pharisees, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but them's the same one that crucified Jesus. Them's the same ones that said, oh, you ain't really the son of God. You ain't the king of the Jews. You ain't who you say you are. And then these Pharisees, they were like, the, the Lord told them, ye are the ones which justify yourselves before men. That's us. And then he goes on and says, but God knoweth your hearts. That's a scary, scary thing. God does know my heart. He knows exactly what I've thought this week. He knows exactly what I've done this week. And he knows whether I've lived for him or not. I don't want to use God knows my heart as an excuse. I want to I use God knows my heart as I better straighten up. I better act like I'm supposed to. I better act like a Christian. I better do what I'm told. Don't rebel against God. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows everything that we've done. You ain't fooling nobody. Be an overachiever. Be, be extra. Do whatever you can. Don't slip up and rebel against God. And then when you get to the pearly gates and say, Depart from me, I never knew you. Don't do that. It ain't worth it. Whatever you think in the world is there that's calling your name or making you think, making it look so pretty, the devil will make anything that you think look so pretty just so he can get you hooked. And the next thing you know, you backslid on God, you're going to bust hell wide open. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. This is the best thing we could have ever asked for. Remember the joy of your salvation. Bill just said earlier, remember how happy you were. Remember how free you were, the burden that was lifted off of you when you were saved. Hold on to that. Don't forget it. Don't forget God. He's the one that brought you out of temptation. He's the one that brought you out of bondage, out of Egypt. It ain't always been easy. We've had to walk across the wilderness, but he's always provided. He's always given us exactly what we stood in need of. Don't let the devil trick you to think you was better off in bondage. What did you, you have to look forward to in sin? 
and bondage. Nothing but slavery and death. They had nothing. Absolutely nothing. When we were in sin, that's exactly what we had. Absolutely nothing. Nothing but bondage and death. A slave to sin. Bondage and death is all we had. Don't let the devil trick you into thinking that looks better. Don't let him trick you into thinking being drunk, not remembering what you did, look better. Don't let him think, trick you into thinking you can go out here and have sex with whoever because that ain't going to be what fulfills you. You'll have a, you'll have a Jesus-sized hole right here in your heart, and you'll try and fill it with everything else you possibly can, and ain't nothing going to work. I don't know if y'all remember or not, but that's the way it was before we got saved. Don't let the devil trick you into thinking the world looks better because it don't. It ain't nothing but bondage, slavery, death, and destruction. And it'll pull you right straight down into hell the first chance it gets. You think the devil cares where we spend eternity? You think the world cares where we spend eternity? You think that ball team, you think the Dallas Cowboys care where I spend eternity? I get so tore up because they always lose in the playoffs, but Lord ain't never lost. Every battle he's ever fought for me, he's won. Every time he's ever fought on my side, we've won together. Every time he's ever, ever called my name, every time he's ever been right behind me, we've won. I ain't never had to worry about whether we was going to lose. I ain't never had to worry about whether if the Lord was going to come through or not. I might have worried. I might have been, been worried to death because my own faith was so small. I didn't really trust him. I didn't really have enough faith. But every time I've asked him, he's always come through. The devil ain't going to do that for you. The world ain't going to do that for you. Why do we rebel against the best thing we could possibly ask for? Why do we buck up against everything the preacher and the church says? Why are we such a rebellious nation? We've seen what bondage was. We've been delivered out of it. Why go back? Why think about it? Why, why put that temptation out there and think about it constantly and then go back? We put ourselves in the worst possible situations. And then we'll turn around and blame and rebel on God. It ain't his fault. It's our own lusts, our own desires. Don't blame God. Just trust Him and serve Him. Don't rebel against Him. It ain't His fault. Life is still going to be life. Things are still going to come up. It ain't always going to be perfect. But we've got God. He's fighting on our side. Ask Him. Ask Him for help. Ask Him for wisdom. Ask Him for how to get the next mile. I'm sure He'll help you. I know because I've seen it. I've lived it. He's always helped me. He ain't never left me. Never forsaken me. Ever. As many times as I've turned my back and as bad as I've treated Him, He's never left me. He's always been right where I left him. We've got to humble ourselves. Remember what bondage was. Remember the joy of our salvation when we were freed from bondage, when we didn't have to sin no more, when things didn't look as bad as they looked because we knew we were saved from hell. Go to 2 Chronicles 7. Verse 14, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will hear their, heal their land. If we want anything to happen, we're going to have to humble ourselves. We're going to have to serve God. If we want to see any change in this world, any change in our lost loved ones, people that's backslid from the church, people that's walked away from God, if we want to see any change whatsoever, we're going to have to deal with us first. 
We're going to have to deal with the way we treat God first. We're going to have to humble ourselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Us living any old way and then trying to pray and ask God for things, he ain't going to hear that. We've, there's a few things that he's put, a, put in front of us that we've got to do if we expect him to hear our prayer. If we expect anything to change, anything to be done, there's some things that we're going to have to do. There's some things that we're going to have to put down. There's things we're going to have to humble ourselves about. Don't get so high-minded high that we forget God. The one that's brought us out of, temp, the one that's brought us out of bondage, the one that's given us everything that we've got, don't forget him. Don't leave him by the wayside. Don't, don't rebel against God. That's a pretty simple little statement. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear, heal their land. You know what America needs? Some church people will do that exact thing right there. Some people that claim to be Christians do that right there. Rahab brought in everybody she could. She didn't care who they were. She was told destruction was coming. She did her part. I believe if America would get right with God and do that right there, we could get as many in as we could before destruction comes. It ain't going to be long. God ain't going to keep dealing with us. The way we act, the way we treat him, he ain't going to tarry long. And he's going to come wipe us out. We've known for years destruction was coming. We've known for years that the world's ending. We're going to keep rebelling against God and living the old way or start doing our part. Start telling people. Start living right as Christians. If you claim it, live it. Be right. Do what God's told you to do. Don't rebel against God. He's the only reason we've got what we've got today. Only reason we have any hope of making it to heaven. Don't rebel against him. He's give you everything you want, everything you could ask for. It ain't that hard to serve God. Choose every day who you're going to serve. Choose every day to be a Christian. Be what you say you are. Live it in front of people. Make a difference in somebody's life. People's eternities are at stake. It ain't just life. Life is but a vapor. I'm sure Bill feels like his life has just flew by to 81-year-old. I'm sure he, it just feels like it's flew by. Life is but a vapor. Eternity is forever. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to rebel against God for that just little bit of fun? That little vapor of fun that we got to die and go to hell forever? Or are we going to start serving God and doing what He's told us to do? Start living right. Start being right. See people get saved. See things change. Not just in our life, but in other people's life. People's eternities are at stake. Things could change forever. We could change somebody's life forever if we would just live it. If we would be what God has called us to be. Be a true Christian and serve God and quit rebelling because we want to do what we want to do. And still expect God to bless us. We're being a rebellious nation. Serve God. Bask in His glory. We could have Canaan. We could have everything we could ever want. Land flowing with milk and honey. But we got to choose it. we got to choose to fight for just a little bit. We can have Canaan. God is always going to help us. He's, he's going to help us fight the battles. Every, every story I read in the Bible, every time in my life, if I've read a story where God's fighting with them, they've always won. Not a single time has He lost. Only undefeated man in human history, I reckon. Really, man, but only undefeated person in history of ever to be undefeated. Never, never lost a battle, not a single time. And we're gonna doubt him. We're gonna rebel against him. Turn our back on him like he ain't give us everything we've got. Serve God with your whole heart, not just your mouth. Be what God's called you to be.